I'm actually challenged not with how people can better serve us, but I'm honestly challenged with the thought, people are not here to serve you, but we're here to serve them. This is the Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Well, hello and welcome back to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. It's always great to have new listeners. And for those who've been around for a long time, welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the journey. I love it and I love hearing from you guys. And on that note, we are starting a new thing in season four of the podcast, which we're planning for at the moment, which is where you guys can actually ask us questions. I can be your man on the inside, if if you will. So to ask a question, it's super easy. Um, you can do that by downloading the Anchor app on your smartphone. That's the Anchor app. Or if you want to, you can go to our bio on Instagram. That's at HillsongWCC and uh, click on the link and you can ask me a question. So if you guys go ahead and do that, I can't wait to hear from you. It's going to be awesome. The other thing I need to remind us about before we get, jump into the interview is the Worship and Creative Conference, which is coming up in just three weeks. We've been talking about it a lot, but it's coming up soon. If you're coming, let me know. And uh, if you're not, you need to register hillsong.com forward slash WCC. But on today's episode, we have our lead pastor for Hillsong Australia, Julia Rebell, being interviewed by Gabe Kelly. So Julia and her husband, Joel, they pastor Australia, all of our campuses here. They do a phenomenal job and I think you're going to really love this interview. So let's jump straight in and I'll talk to you afterwards. Well, it is fantastic today to have in our podcast studio our lead pastor of Hillsong Australia, Julia Bell, who leads our church here in this great nation with her husband, Joel. Julia, thank you so much for coming to sit with us today. Hi, Gabe. Looking are, good, buddy. Thank you. That's very nice of you. We're very excited to have you. This has been a long time coming um, and very excited to talk about leadership and creativity and life and all awesome. the things that you encapsulate in one fantastic lead pastor. Thank you. So I think we'll talk about a lot of things Um, and I know that I'm really excited to hear from you because you're someone that I've looked up to for the longest time. I've learned a lot from you um, from afar and a lot up close and hopefully today we can unpack some of these things which I think will be a real treat for the people who are listening today. I was your youth pastor at one season of your life, that was fun. Yes, you I watched were. you emerge into an incredible young man. I definitely gave you some challenges in the youth I ministry. I liked in the your early challenges. Days. You were awesome, actually. Thank you. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> I think a lot of people would know you. You have one husband, two children, yep. one dog. Um, That's right. One or two things about you that we may not know. What could that be? Oh, gosh. Um, things that you don't know about me. Maybe that I was a basketballer. Like basketball was my sport when I was a, a younger person. Now we're talking. Um, that I learned the piano and I used to do piano recitals. I definitely don't play basketball or do piano recitals any longer. We're recording this at our Worshiping Creative Conference here in um, November 2017. And one yes. thing that has come out today is that you used to lead worship in our church um, in the not too distant past. That's Isn't that right. truth? Yes, that is true. 
I used to get to play with you when you were worship you leading. You did, Gabe. You were playing the drums and very good at it. Thank you. And you were and remain a fantastic worship leader. <laughs> um, you talked today in one of the sessions that we we're in here at our Worship and Creative Conference about mm. you felt like it was time to lay that down. Correct. You saw your name on a roster and mm. you just felt the Holy Spirit say, it's the last time you'll do that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you felt when you heard the Holy Spirit say that to you. Well, I actually think the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. We've discovered that these last couple of days at the conference. But I, I actually feel like He was nudging me towards that moment. So I, I kind of felt like I was moving there before the actual final, that's the last time you need to be on that roster. So he was very kind. He nudged me towards that moment. And so it was a real peace in my heart that when it was like, don't do that anymore, I thought, well, there's got to be a bigger reason for it. And so it's that faith step, that gap that you've just got to make the decision, tell the person that's responsible for the roster, please don't put me on anymore. And and then go on the journey. Well, that was before I was the lead pastor. And so then after that, very quickly, um, our season changed. And um, I think I was the city campus pastor before we became the lead pastors of Hillsong Australia. And it just, I, I could see why the Holy Spirit was doing that. I didn't know those seasons were coming. He did. And it was just right that I would move aside and allow the younger people and more talented people, to be quite honest. Come on, Jules. To, no, that's true, Gabe. <laughs> Way more talented. He had a greater plan in mind. Yeah. Well, tell me this. Do you ever miss it? Well, I actually don't, Gabe, because I feel like I get to worship Jesus with as much passion from my seat in a service, my bedroom at home, driving my car. And this is true. I'm really not trying to be cliche here. Like I honestly feel like I have as much opportunity to worship and my worship is in is looks different from the platform now. So I work with worship leaders in leading the congregation in certain directions through emceeing and preaching and things like that. So I actually don't feel I miss it at all. What I do miss is things like team night because I love teen nights. So every so often I will sneak into our city campus because that's closest to where I live. And my son now is obsessed with creative and team night, loves it. It's his people. He calls them his community's people, which I love. And every so often I'll just sneak in and just enjoy, you know, I love that the too. vibe that you guys bring. I love that too. One thing you mentioned there, just to um, explore this a little bit further, is you said that you now work with worship leaders and the worship teams yeah. as an MC and as a service host and those kind of things. Yes. Do you think your experience worship leading informs what you do now as far as leading the service and working with those teams? Oh, 100%. Like I feel... There's an intuitive ability to read a meeting, but then there's also the experiential ability, the experiences that I've had, the mistakes I've made as a worship leader, the mistakes I've made as an MC preacher, all the rest of it. But all that experience with the the intuition of what the Holy Spirit and working with the Holy Spirit, I feel like it, it definitely has helped me. Yeah. And so now when you watch young worship leaders up on the platform, um, I'm sure you're full of pride when you see all the young guys coming through and kind of absolutely crushing it. Anything that you encourage them with or anything that you kind of would like to say to young worship leaders coming through, kind of being on the other side of that season and knowing what's ahead of them? um, Oh, The first thing I would say to them and do say to them regularly is just be yourself. 
honestly, there's such authority that comes with being yourself. Like obviously God has gifted them to bring them to the place of leading worship. But gosh, the biggest thing is don't try and be like someone else. Don't try and carry someone else's authority. The authority grows as you just be yourself and who God's called you to be. Always, always telling them, be yourself, you're amazing. Right. Is yeah. this part of your own journey that you've had to work out? Is this something that you've um, battled with or is it something that's been quite inherent within you, do you think? Yeah, I've been quite blessed, Gabe. I feel like, um, I mean, obviously confidence at different points is something everyone needs to negotiate. It's I have needed to negotiate it, but confidence is not one thing thing that I've had to deal with, like I've watched other people. So I feel really blessed. I, I grew up in a home where I was constantly encouraged. My mum and dad would constantly feed me in my failures and my successes. Hey, Jules, you did great. Jules, whoever you want to be, whatever you want to do, you can do it. And so I grew up with this confidence, godly confidence, I hope, that I could, I can do whatever it is that God wants me to do. So I kind of, I like it when you get to pass that on to the younger people. Right. Like my dad and my mum did for me. And like you now do with your son. I hope so. And your daughter. Hope so. <laughs> well, it looks like you're doing a great job with it. Let's stick with this for just a second. You've now got two kids who are growing up very fast. I know. Um, it's happening probably faster than you ever thought it would. And now you watch them becoming adults. I was going to say little yeah. adults, but they're not little at all. No, um, at all. You watch them now stepping into who God created them to be as a woman and a man of God. Yeah. What's that process like for you now beginning to let go of the ones that you've raised? Gabe, do you want me to be really honest? I want you to be really I honest. I feel like in the last couple of years, I've spent more time on my knees praying for them than I ever dreamt that I would. Really? Absolutely. Prayer has been essential number one part of my parenting. Yeah. Praying, God help me. Praying for them that they would, that they would negotiate the, the temptations of going through their teenage years, um, watching them discover Jesus for themselves and maybe decide not to follow Jesus at, at certain points yep. and watch them negotiate, always having been inside the church and being a part of the yep. church and then going, how do I fit? And, you know, oh gosh, I yeah, I would say my number one thing, tool for parenting has been prayer. Absolutely, categorically, couldn't do. I and I used to hear people talking about that. Parents talking about praying for their kids, and right. I, I'd think, oh, yeah, I prayed for them. Didn't really think that I would be the girl on my knees, like walking. The I live on a headland, uh -huh. and I reckon I've carved out some pathways of prayer on that headland as I've really sought for their lives and fought for their lives. Yeah, wow, it's amazing yeah. to hear you talk that passionately about raising. Your kids, obviously, you're you're a mum, so you care deeply about them. Mm. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people listening would be curious to know the cost that comes with being lead pastors of a church the size of ours. I'm sure it's taken a toll, mm. or has the potential, sorry, to take a toll on family life. How yeah. intentional are you and Joel about making sure that your family unit, the four of you, is strong? Mm, really intentional, and I think the toll you would have to talk to them because um, I think the story that I would hope they would tell could be different than the story than they would actually tell. Huh. Because I, I would have envisaged that no toll because we did our best to um, 
try and make their church experience like any other kid in church life. So, yeah. for example, when they were kids, we would line up with the rest of the parents to get our parent ticket to enrol them into kids. We would we wanted to do it just like everybody else did it so that they would feel a part of the church family and this is what church family does. When it came to conferences, um, they would ask, still do actually to this very day, um, have you registered us for conference? Not even considering that they would just be going because that's what we do as a family. So I think... Um, you know, then watching them wonder. Um, I think the biggest thing that they would say that has, has been an interesting journey for them is wondering whether people like them for themselves or whether they like them because they're our kids. And to me, I would, it's obvious they like them because they're them. But for them, they've really struggled. That's been a real struggle for them. They've not really known whether they're only liked and accepted because of us. Yep or who they are. And so that's been a real journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a real challenge, I imagine, as you guys have kind of raised them in church life, mm. you guys have carried a lot of different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you said before that you were a youth pastor. We've talked about your experience as a worship mm-hmm. leader. Uh, you mentioned you were pastor of our city campus for a little while. Now you and Joel are the lead pastors over Hillsong Australia and also Indonesia now together. Yeah. Um, as far as you and Joel working together in that lead pastor role, what's that relationship like? I feel like, and this is probably totally incorrect being a a Christian podcast, I kind (laughs) of like to say Joel and I are like yin and yang. So I know that that's going to put some people off that I use that analogy. That's fine. It's just a metaphor. They can handle it. That's right. (laughs) It's like he is one side of the brain, I'm the other, and I just feel like you put us together and we make a whole. Um, And we've learned to work that together. Tell me what you bring to that dynamic. Oh, I feel like um, one of I'd say one of my strengths is really to observe and pick up individuals. Um, and I would say Joel's strength is to see strategy and big picture and where we need to head. And so you you put my ability to observe and really hone in on individuals with his ability to say that's where we need to head and this is how we need to get there. And I think I bring the right people into the combinations to get us there. He's definitely a strategist. Uh He can see a mess in a department or a mess of a structure in a church and he just sees the way through it. He just will go, this is what we need to do. Right. And sometimes it takes a while to get everybody on board the way to get there. And I think that's part of my job is to help people get on board which way we need to go. This episode is brought to you by our Hillsong Worshiping Creative Conference, which happens in Sydney, Australia every November. It's for every kind of creative, whether you're a musician, singer, a graphic designer, architect, an audio engineer, or video editor. It's a place for the artists of the church to gather together, to worship, to be inspired and refreshed, and to be equipped and trained for your sphere of creativity. Find out more details at hillsong.com forward slash WCC. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Julia Bell, and this is my Fantastic Four. If I was leaving tomorrow to go on holidays, it would be Hawaii, hands down. Greatest movie I watched, which actually took me by surprise, was The Shack. My favourite place um, to recharge is my home. It's a unit 
it's on the beach and so our outlook is the ocean and I recharge looking out at the endless ocean, definitely. If I didn't have to sleep, the thing that I would do with my extra time would be to hang out with my amazing family. Love them. Best friends. Okay, I want to ask so many questions because you talk about seeing an individual and helping people get on board, but you're the lead pastor over our what feels like dozens and dozens and dozens of campuses and locations and services. Yeah. And you could be going to a different place every weekend and not, not come back to the same place for three or four months. So, Or, or only once a year. Exactly. So <laughs> with 30 that, locations. With, with that many people and yeah. that many locations, that many sites, yeah. how do you find the one? How do you make sure you're still connected at that level? Yeah. It's it's throughout. We, we've created a structure to hopefully ensure that the one is not forgotten because it's all about the one and we really honestly believe that. And for you personally, how do you make sure that you're not just seeing um, structures and org yeah. charts and everything else? How do you make sure that your eye and your heart, even though it's your natural inclination, how yeah. do you make sure that you're still looking out for that one person? Uh, look, there's a few different ways. Um, the first would be just to immerse myself wherever I am. So last weekend I was in Perth, Hillsong, Perth. We're only 10 weeks into it there. Right. And... I don't kind of turn up, preach and then leave. I make sure that I'm immersing myself amongst the people. So I stop and I'm having conversations on the way into church. And then on the way out of church, I'm having more conversations. After I preach, I make sure I don't rush away um, if I don't have to catch a plane really quickly. You know, I want to hang around. I want to meet the people that I've just, that are my family and I've just talked to. So that's one way. The other thing is I, um, you know, I'm a part of community groups like, um, that are not church people. So I go to a gym and I'm not the fittest person in the world. So <laughs> I wish I was advocating None for the being, being the fittest person in the world. But I go to a gym and I go there a couple of times a week and I'm making friends with people who are not churched. And so I've just started to think to myself, oh, I can, I can see myself discipling some of these people in a one-hour connect because I'm all about connect groups and discipleship. And so I've, I run a discipleship group now, like a connect group that is full of Christian girls and we're like quite into the Bible. But I'm looking at these girls that I'm attending the gym with and I'm like, I've already got my one hour connect. They just don't know it yet. Right. And so that's how I stay connected. Yeah, wow. Like just with real people. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> like you. Watching your trajectory from the position that I've been in, I've yeah. seen that you, we talked about it already, you've served in a bunch of different capacities around church, but I feel like you've brought creativity to each one of them. Uh, when you Thanks, were the youth Gabe. pastor, I watched you lead creatively. When you moved into children's ministry, I watched you revolutionize that for our church and bring to life a lot of things that hadn't already been there. When you step into something new, whether it's leading a campus or a team mm. or becoming the lead pastor, mm. do you sit down and with a with a notepad and go, right, what's it going to be? Is it something where you wait on God? Do you just start walking and let the ideas come? Um, is that something you're intentional about? All of the above. Everything that you just said, I sit down with a notepad, I let the ideas flow. I just start walking when I've got no idea. Um, I'm very intentional. And sometimes I am leaning on the intentionality of other people. And I don't think it's just all about me. I think um, like we've got collabs here, um, the collaborative like idea. I think Joel and I, I think, I think our leadership style would be collaborative. So anything that we want to do, we do it around a table. We surround ourselves with people often that think differently to us and we collaborate with them. And I think that's how we get stuff done. 
and we've got the best collaborators. So I wish we could collaborate with more people, but our church is so large that we've tended to um, collaborate with what we now call our Aussie team, our, our key team from around Australia, and then allow them to collaborate with their teams. Like I know Cass would come out of our meeting and go, we need to do this and then collaborate with people like you. And then she'll bring those collaborations back to us and then we'll collaborate with those. Yep. So I feel like that's kind of, yeah, how we do the creativity. I watch you do that Um like we said, with each of those teams, I see people that you've worked with and kind of pinpointed. Yeah. I see that you're also very intentional about leadership development because yeah. everywhere you go, you automatically start pulling people up around you yeah. and bringing them alongside you. Um, leadership development is something that I've learned so much watching you over the years. Is that nice. something that you kind of have top of mind when you're operating week to week? Are you thinking about who am I bringing along or are you just like so focused on the mission that you're just trying to get as many people to help as possible? I think when you're pioneering something, you're just getting as many, like you were around when we became the youth pastors of the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were one of our, our amazing young people that we just grabbed and went, right, we're taking this kid on the journey. Yeah. Um, and I think when you're pioneering something like the, the youth ministry that you're a part of, um, you just grab everybody, anyone that can breathe, that could possibly do anything, like you're grabbing anyone now. Um, we're, I wouldn't say we're on the grassroots of doing that, um, but we're still looking at the right people to take our church where it needs to go to reach more people. So, yeah. I love that approach. And I feel like you guys model that fantastically. Um, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 thank you. I think we've got a long way to go, to be quite honest. I do. I, yep. I, I wish sometimes we were better at it. We'll always wish we were better at it, without a doubt. Um, I wonder, for you being a creative um, in all walks of life, yes. what are some ways that you think that our creative team can continue to serve the vision of our church and can continue to serve your and Joel's leadership as an encouragement for what's ahead? I think what I'm observing here, at, even at this conference, is just blowing my mind, actually, and I'm actually challenged not with how people can better serve us, but I'm honestly challenged with the thought when I'm when you in this atmosphere and the presence of God is so real, it reminds you again that people are not here to serve you, but we're here to serve them. So I honestly have been like, I feel like ripped apart again to ask the questions of myself, how can I serve these people? Mm. So... <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question except that when you're in the presence of God, He turns everything on its head. So, but what I would say to the creatives is just bring you to the table. Bring you to the table because we need you. That's very good and very true. Something we've observed in you for a number of years and we're very grateful for that and for your and Joel's leadership mm. over our team and over our church here. So Pastor Julia Rebell, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. It has been an absolute treat talking to you and I hope we get to do it again soon. I'm not sure about you, but the thing that I take from that interview was Julia's approach to transition, to change. When she talked about being a worship leader and transitioning out of doing that function and really having to sense the new from God and, and trust God for the new opportunity, I really think that that's something that we can all learn from and listen to. Uh, as a pastor, I, I work with a lot of people who get stuck in one position and they really attach their meaning and their purpose to that one position. And then when God would have them move 
on it, they really struggle to do that. And so I'd encourage all of us to be working through where God has us and what He wants us to do. And then also looking for the next generation, looking to who can rise up and can perhaps take our place. And then also being open to the new in God and not just being stuck in the one thing and thinking that just because I'm a worship leader or a singer or a musician or whatever it is you do, just because you do that means you always have to do that in order to have meaning or in order to to be able to contribute. But maybe, just maybe, God has something new for you. And it's in that transition and how we approach the transition that I really think um, we can grow and become bigger and better uh, contributors to the Kingdom of God. So anyway, there's lots of other things that Jules talked about. I'm sure you've taken away something. And I trust that you'll prayerfully embrace the things she's talked about. And as we try to be great team members and church members and people who are part of the kingdom, we um, outwork transitions in a new and perhaps even a fresh way. Next up, we've got this week's story for the Psalms of Ascent. And you can find out more at hillsong.com forward slash WCC. And don't forget to join us in the 100 Day Creative Challenge. Early, I came in year five. I wasn't meant to come till I was in year six, but I came because I just wanted to be here. And I just saw the worship leader and I was like, I want to do that. I don't, I can't believe that people get to sing and they get to use their gift to bring God glory. Running in your lane means being a part of the body of Christ. The right hand doesn't need to do what the foot's doing, but yet we both need each other. We bring life to each other. That's the crazy thing. The end of high school was the only opportunity that I actually started to sing. But it was at that point that I said, God, I feel like you actually don't want me to sing. Like, I just remember having that prayer, like having that conversation with him. And I was like, you don't don't want me to sing and that's okay. I'm gonna become an RDG leader because I still wanna impact the youth. I never wanted to sing to sing. I only wanted to sing to serve God. And then Laura came down to me in fuel, barely knew me. She's like, you sing, right? And I was like, yeah. I really believe that anything that happens with God is a God promotion thing. And I think picking up the cross is picking up whatever pieces are left around that need to be to serve Him. Well, that's it for today's episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even YouTube. We'd also like to hear from you too. So if you have a comment, you can do that on our Instagram, which is at HillsongWCC, and we'll see you next time.